spot where people make the club get warm. Many a day has passed, the night has gone by, but still I find the time to put that bomb off in your eye. Total chaos for these playoffs, so we with amps and we're taking another And welcome into episode 10 of Cap Chat. I am back. We are in the beautiful Broughton Library here, a little bit of change of scenery as we uh, we are not proctoring, but we are just uh, hanging out with the team here in study hall on this beautiful Thursday. Um, Coach, how are you, man? Doing well, Trey. How are you? Highlight of your week. Highlight of my week. That's tough. Um, this isn't funny, but just the weather has been outstanding. This is the best time of year to play football. It's a little, little crisp, but not cold. Um, so it's been a good week for that and, and a host of other reasons. Awesome, man. Love it. Um, we're just going to go ahead and get right on into it here. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, starting with the Gibbons game and moving on to Sanderson this week that we're going to be playing on the road. But last week um, in CapChat, we talked about Gibbons being a team that was extremely disciplined and technically sound. And we figured out kind of early that this wasn't the case. Um, they got about nine penalties. That that number's a little rough. Um, that's with some, some data that's questionable. But uh, – just and it was just one after another, you know, um, giving us chance after chance after chance to stop them. Um, were you surprised how sloppy they were? A little bit. Um, yeah, their first couple of drives on offense um, were remarkable for the number of penalties. Um, the majority of those penalties were holding penalties, and while um, everyone on every team grabs a little cloth when they block i actually thought that their perimeter players um receivers running backs guys blocking on the edge were actually holding a lot more than you see uh most teams hold so um some of that was execution some of it might may have just been that's the way they do things i yeah it was just i was i was stunned how sloppy they were uh, maybe it was just a bad game but they were just giving us chance after chance so it was Lots of yards given our way. We obviously weren't favored going into that game. But, however, I don't think standing on the sidelines that there was one minute in that game where we failed to show grit or acted like we were going to lay down and give up. We, I mean, in the third quarter, I think we had cut the lead to 11 points. And at halftime, you said, let's go out there and let's shock them. You know, let's shock them. And I was I was really – and my, my dad came – when I came home after the game, my dad was like, son, they played, they played valiantly. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people respected our efforts. I think a lot of people have to be proud of how we played. What can you say about your team's effort level and winning mentality against a very, very talented Gibbons team? Yeah, I thought we played about two and a half quarters of good football. Um, I was really, really proud of the way we came out and played in the second half, the, the whole third quarter and much of the fourth quarter. Um, the, the disappointing thing is that it just took us so long to get started. I think we were a little intimidated and – um, kind of came out um, a little tight maybe because of that. And it, it took us about a quarter and a half to realize that, hey, these are high school kids just like we are. Um, they're not bigger, faster, stronger than we are. And once we sort of came to that realization, we we played even with them um, for the next couple of quarters. And, you know, offensively it was a really good game for us. Um, the defense had its moments. Um We've just got to. We we've yet to play a game where we've had both offense and defense and special teams, all three phases, um, clicking at the same time. So that's the goal this week. Very big game this week against Sanderson. We'll be on the road for our final road game at Sanderson High School at seven o'clock. So be sure to come out and see what we're all about. 
Um, the offense actually looked a lot better uh, last week than it did the week before, and we had talked about offensive, you know, kind of inefficient, and, and then we responded with a better game. They only outpaced us by 90 yards. We uh, we finished with 300 total offensive yards. Did you feel better about how they looked? Yeah, yeah, especially, uh, boy, the, the second the third quarter was great. We scored uh, long touchdown drives on both of our first two possessions of the third quarter. Um, you know, that's the way we've played when we've played well. Um, it's just been inconsistent this year and a little bit hard to predict uh, in terms of when we're going to show up and when we're not going to show up on offense. But um, when the quarterbacks are making good decisions, uh, that helps things a lot. And when we're blocking well and running hard and catching balls and we did all of those things on Friday so I, I was actually really happy once once the first quarter ended I was very happy with the way our offense played for the rest of the game did you Kim really drop that touchdown it looked good from my angle I think he did uh I think the ball he had caught it and then the ball came out when he hit the ground unfortunate that was that would have been pretty as we look forward to this week um against Sanderson this team is better than the 6-3, and three, in my opinion. You know, they've played some really tough teams, and we'll definitely have a full docket with them. We've obviously faced some highly touted recruits in the past. Dexter Lawrence, Bryce Love, and Keith Marshall are just a handful that we've faced in the past. And, you know, these are dudes that can, so by themselves, you know, control the <laughs> tempo and pace of of the game and how it feels and so how do you prepare your game plan in general when you have like is there a different mentality when you are facing you know a Dexter Lawrence or a Keith Marshall or in this case an Aline McNeil on Sanderson how do you plan your game plan specifically for those caliber of guys yeah I mean it's foolish to not account for outstanding players in a game plan um you know, at the, the Gilman where I coached for 10 years, there was a game where Stefan Diggs, who's a, a pretty good receiver for the Vikings now, was a sophomore. We didn't know who he was at that point, and we kicked uh, two kickoffs to him in a row, and he ran both back for touchdowns. And uh, that's the kind of thing that can happen if you're not aware of the personnel on the other team. Um, so, you know, we know where Aleem lines up, and uh, we're cognizant of that. That being said, we're not we're not going to come out and do something crazy and completely different than than what we've always done. Um, you mentioned they're six and three, so three teams have figured out a way to beat them uh, with him on the field, and and he's a really really good player, and they have quite a few other really really good players, but you know football's a team game. You, you can't win one versus eleven or two versus eleven. You've got to have all eleven guys doing their jobs. And that's what we're going to try to do, and we hope to do that better and more consistently than they do. will be a definitely a fun game to watch. Now we've got a fan question. We've said before we love the questions here. We love the variety of questions here. We've gone from you know, football to dinosaurs to just really anything. We can talk about anything. But today the fan question comes from a good friend of mine, Hayes Permar. Hayes, thanks for getting on the show. You can follow him at Twitter, at DHPIV. And here's what he says today. Larry Fedora, coach at North Carolina, shaved his beard midseason in an attempt to change things up when his team was losing. Would Coach Dawson ever alter or avoid touching facial hair in an attempt to preserve or break up a winning or losing streak? Uh, coach Dawson would never shy away from, from any sort of uh, facial hair alterations if he believed that they would indeed change the fortunes of the team. Um, you know, going big, sort of like homeless guy, uh, 
old prospector beard uh, is something I would consider doing or, you know, getting rid of it entirely. You know, I usually spend about half the the year without a beard anyway. So, um, I, you know, I look great with or without facial hair. So it's not something I shy away from, um, from touching. What does what? By the way, what does DHPIV? What what is the what's up with so Hayes's DHP court? is his initials. Okay, and then IV is the fourth. Oh, so David Hayes from Arkansas. Oh. So Hayes was a Hayes was my boss over the summer at SportsChannel8.com. Great guy and uh, even a better better character. But anyway, I, I didn't realize how many generations of of gentle breeding he came from. The fourth. There's a there's a big he's family. Got, he's got there. you beat by one tray. That's right. So this is our last road game of the year, and we have actually one of our two wins this year comes from, you know, we got the win at Southeast Raleigh. What is the main difference that kind of switches when we go on the road, and what goals do you have for this for this team on Friday, which is our last road game of the year? Well, you know, I, I prefer playing at home. I think most people do. You don't have to get on a bus. You don't have to load up all your stuff, and you've got uh, a much bigger crowd supporting you. We've had uh, great, great crowds all season, so you miss that when you go on the road. But it's also fun to to go elsewhere and play. I really like Sanderson's Stadium. Um, I think Sanderson and Wake Forest have the two two stadiums I most enjoy playing in around here. Um, and sometimes it's a, sometimes it can be a little easier to focus on the on the road. There's less to distract you there, less less things going around to to catch your attention. So. Uh, there aren't any really different goals there. It's just to show up and perform better than we have all year. That's the goal each week. Yeah, it's definitely a different environment. Yeah. Sanderson is just like a, a natural bowl that is in the, <coughs> in the earth there. It's just kind of sitting in a ditch, which you know has has an effect with the in sound. A ditch. Um, yeah. When people are screaming and hollering, I bet that place gets pretty loud. But definitely a different environment than we're used to, and it'll be cool to see how we react with that. And then my final question here is, yesterday, former Broughton basketball star Jerome Robinson was voted to be on a all-ACC preseason team during Basketball Media Day. Guys like Jerome and Devontae Graham are representatives of the success and prominence of our basketball program here at school. So many schools on the high school level and sometimes even the collegiate level are known for specializing in certain sports. You know, Dean Smith, legendary Carolina basketball coach, once said that the University of North Carolina is a women's soccer school. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, Wake Forest University is known for their basketball program. And on the high school level, you know, Wake Forest High School is known for their football program. And, and so what is it like being a football coach at a school where basketball has kind of in the past and still currently is the predominant sport? Do you think that the culture can embrace football as one of its, you know, flagship programs in the near future and people can look at Broughton and be like yo they're a football school well first of all I'm a huge fan of Broughton basketball Um, my dad graduated the same year as Pistol Pete did from Broughton um, one of the greatest basketball players of all time anywhere and I was in school with Shav Uh, Shav Randolph was a year behind me and a lot of my favorite memories from Broughton are um, selling out holiday gym for games against Leesville, selling out Reynolds Coliseum with 12,000 people one time um, and sort of leading the student section in cheers, uh, chest painted up. So I'm a huge fan of our basketball program, and I hope it they have a great year. Football-wise, I think absolutely um, the school you know, is ready for a uh, an ascendant football program. I don't think there are probably many – 
two win schools in this part of the country that that consistently get better crowds than we do at home games. I'm always really impressed and uh, grateful for how many people show up at our games and stay in our games and the student section and uh, all that kind of stuff. And you know, when my stepdad Dave Bruner was the head coach here, um, his last two seasons here were both 11 win seasons and they drew huge crowds um and Broughton very much became a football school during those seasons so there's a precedent for it in the past and it's something that I hope we can um recreate in the very near future so uh all of you out there in the Broughton community and the Raleigh community stay patient because uh um Coach Stevens likes to say that a football program is like a big cruise ship. You know, it takes a while to turn it around. Um, and so we – And there's all the food you can eat. Yeah, exactly. But Coach Dawson has talked about this before, but in order to do that, you have to put in the uh, prerequisites to, you know, get the culture right again and make sure people are having fun. And uh, and it takes time, you know. And so that's one thing that we've been trying to do here, and hopefully in the future we'll start to see those results. But, um, Coach, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Trey. Um, that is all the time we have f- here today on CapChat. We will be uh, reiterating what I said earlier. We will be at Sanderson tomorrow at 7 o'clock on the road um, for our final road game. So be sure to come out and see us play. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Trey.